And I think if you can drop the weight for a bit and work on those things, like your bench will skyrocket. How much do you bench? How much do you bench, bro? That's actually a really popular website, howmuchyoubench.com. Really? That's Mark Smelly Belly. Mark Smelly Belly? That's what they call him. Mark <laughs> Bell. That's his product. So, like, uh, the slingshot. That sounds nasty. Their bench oh, is how okay, much you bench. Oh, okay, I didn't even, uh, yeah, I didn't yeah, even how much you bench. put that together. All right, so if you guys got questions, obviously we're doing this live, so fire away. Um, I can't, Michael, if you can see the Facebook questions, I can't from here, obviously, but we'll try to get those in as we go, or we'll film the episode right after this one, but let's get right into it, man. So um, let's start this kind of how we started the deadlift episode, like why your bench sucks, essentially. Like what, what do you see as the biggest problems of why people struggle with increasing their bench press or building their chest when they're trying to bench press? So I'll, I'll kind of just talk about, you know, my little story again, like, yep. you know how much I like to reverse engineer things and... And I know that most people or a lot of people will be able to relate um, just by posture, you know, what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. A lot of people are uh, rounded forward, shoulders come forward, and it's very hard to um, engage the chest, especially when you think about bench pressing. And a protracted, in, yeah, yeah. In that, in that position. So um, getting the, the mid and low traps to fire, right, and, and, and pinching your shoulder, your shoulder blades back so that we do bring the weight down that you're going to get a greater stretch in your chest. Yep. Um, so, and then you're not just cranking on your deltoids, right? Right. So that, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, but, uh, when most people, when you see them run through, uh, pushups or dumbbell presses or whatever type of press, how often do you see people rush through it or they, they can't really control it that last inch or two, they tend to collapse and then try to gain momentum in order to push the weight up. Right. Right. So there's a few different reasons, right? Rushing, um, rushing the rep going too heavy. Um, and kind of like what we talked about in the, in the last episode, drop the ego, bro. Drop the fucking ego, right? Don't yeah. be a dick. Don't ask me how much my bench press is. Don't worry about it. Focus on yours <laughs> and think about right. your muscles, not yeah. mine. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I'm going to agree. I think like the biggest thing that helped me was actually just Again, going back to that shoulder mobility a little bit, but mainly just getting my upper back to fire properly, right? So I do a lot of pre-activation stuff before I bench, and I have a lot of my guys too. Um, anybody who trains with me knows that they're doing pull-aparts or face pulls damn near every single day, right? right? And for even my women, like it doesn't even matter if you're not worried about a bench press. Like You need to work on upper back strength and mobility. You sound like a pimp when you say that. <laughs> even for my women. Even my women, there. dog. <laughs> unfortunately not no um but yeah i think i'm gonna agree with you on that 100 i think that's probably the biggest fault i think uh grip strength is a big thing too yep. simply because like grip strength is one of the dominating factors that leads to uh one awareness of how your central nervous system is firing and if it's fatiguing and if it's in a, in a good state creating tension but yeah creating yep. tension not only through your central nervous system but internally through your body and externally so a lot of people just get flimsy on the bench press right like 
How many people out there have been bench pressing and they see their uh, foot kick up off the floor, right? They're trying yeah. to bench and then they like, ah! yeah, right? <laughs> They're like, oh shit. And their foot comes flying up, right? Fighting because for dear life. It's yeah. the same thing, right? Create yeah. tension throughout your whole body. So if you don't have a strong base through your heels, through your feet, through your glutes, your bench is going to suck. Okay. So even though it is an upper body drill, it's important to incorporate the whole body. So I think crushing the bar, bending the bar pulling the bar into your body and that goes back to the upper back work right a lot of people just drop the load and then they try to punch it up so they round and protract their shoulders forward now we're hanging on our bicep tendon we're going to get injuries we're using the deltoid to get it up we're not using the right muscle we're not getting that stretch you talked about so what i like to really teach people is is like pull your shoulders into that bench first so it's almost like you're doing a two-point row as you're pulling the the bar down right so act like you're rounded in and then punch it up with the right muscles and then actually at the top, I like people to actually push all the way through. So they're protracting right. at the top. So just getting shoulder movement, right? And I think if you can drop the weight for a bit and work on those things, like your bench will skyrocket. So a cue that a cue that you actually uh, told me, which I use as well, is kind of popping the balloon at the top, whether yeah. you're using a barbell or if you're using dumbbells, right? It, it just it, it cues you and, and gets you to think about creating more tension at the top of the press. So naturally i kind of just i i did it um not at first no because i was like you know i was i was more worried about how much weight um i could do right. um i always tended to to control um the weight at the bottom but as soon as i got to the top i kind of just came right, right back, back down. down but if you can, can can engage at the top and really think about it um and and as soon as like you or Lucas said, Hey, just create a little bit more tension at the top. You're going to get more out of the exercise. I was like, okay, cool. Like it was easy for me to process yeah. that. But I think that the cue for most people, um, you know, is, you know, like think about popping a balloon at the top, yeah. right? It's like little things like that. That's going to go a long way. And I, I like actually programming like five to seven reps, six to eight reps, because I think a lot of people, they see the number in their head and like, I have to hit eight. And before they even finish, rep six they're thinking about rep seven right so instead of rushing right to the next weight because like you said a lot of people barely even lock out if they lock out then they're dropping down right to that next lift i actually like this so pause reps are a really good way to increase your bench but a lot of people pause rep at the bottom so like what you're saying is i like pausing at the top squeezing the muscle and actually fully finishing the range of motion right i think that cue i stole from uh john meadows the mountain dog yep. which he's a monster but that one helped me a lot too because i think it's just it, it gets it goes back to what we were talking with the deadlift stuff earlier is like the awareness of what muscles should be working and if you're looking to build muscle not necessarily the number on the bench which if you want to build your chest you should probably worry about the number on the bench too eventually you should really focus on that cue popping the balloon at the top and just bringing it together at the yeah. top of every rep so i think that's huge and it all it all comes down to just like everything else that we talk about is building a good foundation right so you know, yeah, you should worry about the number, but first and foremost, you should worry about the technique, yeah. right? It's like anything else, right? Like if you, if you play basketball, right? Like, and, uh, and, and, and you want to be a better shooter, like you got to learn the correct mechanics, yeah, right? Like you 100%. can't just be throwing shit up. Like not everybody's Kevin Durant. Like you can't all just throw up ugly shit and make it right. Like it's, it's the same <laughs> thing. It's the same thing with uh with a bench press, a squat, a deadlift, right? Yeah. Like you can't just perform ugly reps, right? Like you, yeah, you're going to get stronger or you're going to, you're going to be able to lift more. Like that's just, but your for body's how long? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Cause exactly. a lot of times it's like, it, it's climbing up and then you take a big hit. Yeah. Right. Um, so and that's why Kevin Durant's never going to win a championship. <laughs> so. so let's talk about how to build your bench. Let's break it down into steps. Okay. So first, like the first 
obviously what we're talking about here is going to be movement patterns, right? Whether we're talking about activation of your uh, upper back, your mid back, even your lats, getting your grip strength, your shoulders to move right, like positioning and movement is going to be number one, right? I think a lot of people forget that bench press is a skill, right? So going back to like basketball, it's a skill to shoot a ball. You need to practice that movement. So instead of always just trying to bench a shit ton of weight, slow it down and really focus on the movement of things. How is your shoulder blades working through everything? So movement is going to be number one. Number two, we just talked about activation. So learning how to properly use your chest. A lot of people don't bench with their chest, right? They bench with their shoulders, shoulders and triceps. Yeah. And, and I actually do think it's important to, if you hit a plateau in your bench, increase your overhead press and increase your, your tricep strength. Do assistant work for like uh, top end lockouts and extensions because your triceps do play a big role and so do your shoulders, but they're not the primary movers. So I think it is important to uh, incorporate those, but activation of the proper muscles is going to be next. So after that, I think it's going to be, it's funny because each lift is kind of the same order of operations. So let's talk about assistant work because I think that's the next important thing. Um, there's a lot of assistant work you can do for a bench press. What's your favorite? Because I know for me, the biggest improvement I had on my bench press was actually pretty recently. And I, I jumped my one rep max to 265 from 245 in like a three to four month period. And I didn't touch a barbell for the whole time. Right. So I indirectly increased it, but a lot of it, and I was eating, don't get me wrong. So I was definitely fueling myself, but I think the best thing I did was I literally just did tons of assistant work and just different variations of bench press, like neutral bar bench press. I did chain work. I did a lot of band work. I did a lot of dumbbell work. So what's your go-to assistant work? Like your, your top three. Uh, if somebody can't military press or do a strict press overhead, um, so there's also push press. So there's, I mean, what I'm getting at here Some is, kind of is overhead. overhead press, right? Because believe it or not, your your bench press that is is yeah, again, it's a skill. You got to practice that. But at the same time, if the the more weight that you're able to put over your head, the more weight that you're going to be able yeah. to push here, right? So it's a much harder. And, and a lot of people don't do that, no. right? They'll they'll go to the bench press, then they'll go dumbbell bench press, yeah. right? moving the same pattern, then they'll go weighted push-ups right and they never right? change the angle if they never change the angle so um incorporating that and then again again like different styles so you can go incline press as well but i'm a big fan of especially for general population is the the landmine press i was yeah i was gonna say that so too. i mean and, and really with that like you can especially so with much single stability arm, yeah so much stability you're incorporating a lot of core and, 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 you know, we use this cue all the time is like when people reach, it's kind of like what we, what we just talked about with the bench press, right? Creating tension here, right? Even though that your arm is locked out, you can still get more and, and, uh, increase that range of motion by reaching just a little bit, right? right. You're going to get a slight rotation. Um, but you're, you're really cueing the arm to come almost out of the socket, yeah. right? But again, you're forcing the scapula to upwardly rotate, um, increasing your stability, right? Like a lot of the little stabilizer muscles so that when you get into that compound lift, you're going to be a lot stronger, even though you're not moving as much weight with that single arm movement, yep. right? Yep. So that's how it's going to incorporate, right? To, in, in, to help you build that one rep, three rep, five rep max, right? You're just going to be stronger. Yeah. Um, so really just working into those into those patterns. I like to do uh, push-ups, of course, um, but creating a lot of tension. So I don't I'm not really a big fan of necessarily high rep. Yes, I incorporate it sometimes. Um, but again, with my general population clients, man, like we're creating as much tension as possible. Yeah. We talked about it before ripping the floor apart with your hands, pushing the 
pushing well, that's it around a, all I, the way away. I think a push-up is the perfect movement to do two things. One, crazy negatives, crazy amount of tension, and then AMRAP. So even if the AMRAP becomes six reps because you're doing all those cues, but it's a it's a non-external weight-bearing movement. So you really can't – the injury risk is really low, right? So like focusing on those crazy tensions and just max out. Yeah. Like that's huge, I think. And it's funny because I, I'm going to take pretty much my top three for the assistant works was the same except the last one. I think that the overhead press, I agree. And, and one thing people forget or they misuse it is they don't do the full range of motion. So you see a lot of people come down yep. to about their nose yep. or chin maybe and then they punch it right yeah. back up. Well, I'd encourage people to come all the way to their chest because when they do so, they're actually stretching. And when you bring your clavicle in that position, your upper chest, your yeah. upper chest gets worked yeah. a lot in the overhead press, especially at that bottom range, mm -hmm. right? So I think that's really important. Again, drop the ego, lighten the load a little bit, and do the full fucking range of motion. Right. Um, the next one I was going to say is single arm uh, – any type of press. So whether that's a single arm kettlebell overhead press, single arm incline bench press or a landmine yeah. press, those three help a lot because where you like anytime you can get a single leg or a unilateral anything arm or leg, it's going to help your your compound lifts a lot because you remove imbalances and you improve on the weak side, whatever right. that side is, right? And you kind of like expose those weaknesses and those imbalances in your body. So I think that's huge. But what I would encourage people to do is, is switch everything up. So if you're looking at a 12 week period, maybe the first four weeks you're doing barbell overhead press, and then you switch to kettlebell overhead press, and then you switch to alternating kettlebell overhead press, something very simple. And then you go single arm incline, then you go single arm uh, landmine, like constantly switch the variation, but keep the angles the same, right? So loads different. But my third is going to be any tricep work. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people should focus on either overhead tricep extensions. I'm not a huge fan of dips just because I feel like they're great, but a lot of a people, a lot of pronation. Of the yeah. Shoulder. And a lot of yeah. people just can't get in the right position, yep. which is fine. I just don't use them very much. So I do a lot of pushdowns or overhead extensions and then lockouts, man, like set the bar up way high and just practice heavy lockouts. Like one, you'll get some meaty triceps from that, I guarantee you. But two, a lot of people struggle on that part. They get halfway up the bench and then they start shaking, right? It's the, the lockouts mm -hmm. where you got to help them. So if you can build your tricep strength, you'll push through that lockout yeah. a lot easier. I don't even think I gave three, um, but that would that would probably be in there as well. Because I thought I your push-up was the third. Um, well, I said overhead press. Landmine press was kind of with the overhead press. Oh, okay. But, yeah. okay. um, but no, I agree. Um and I'm thinking more from like, a, I, I agree with, you know, the barbell press or, or the kettlebell press. I'm thinking more from like a, a foundational point of view for most people right. um, to be as practical as possible on this. Um, but I, I, I totally agree. Like if you can get, especially with kettlebells, like I love kettlebells a lot more than I do um, for me, like uh, than the landmine. Yeah. I'm going to practice the kettlebell more um, and just because of the range of motion in the um, it feels better on your shoulder. Exactly. Like it really does. Because yep, yep. the way, like we were talking about it before, like the way your scapula kind of glides out with it. Exactly. Um, something I actually forgot, I haven't done in a while, that I think is a great way to improve your bench, your overhead press, um, is uh, the stability presses. So taking some bands, attaching a kettlebell to them, and putting them on the fucking uh, ends of barbells. Make Doing sure either, you have a spotter, though. Yeah, that shit. <laughs> I'll never forget, Matt Fields was pressing overhead <laughs> yeah. with it. And he got up yeah. and just started tipping and back. <laughs> and I had to run over there and, like, catch him. <laughs> like, yo. But and I think – was it Eric Cressy that started doing that? I think that was the first I, person I saw. Um, I got it from – Or someone he worked uh, with. I got it from Thibs, uh, Christian Thibodeau. Oh, okay. So – 
kettlebells like look up is it, it's just called a stability press right kettlebell stability press or something honestly i don't know that's just what i called it okay yeah. there could be like a million different yeah. names for it but essentially what you do is take a barbell get some bands put them on the ends of each barbell and then attach a kettlebell to each side and the kettlebell swings as you press so it creates a lot of stability in the shoulder you do not have to go heavy on this at all that one's great, but another way to do that uh, a little bit easier and more safe would be a, a bottoms-up press. And I think that is a huge way, or bottoms-up yeah. carries to improve your bench because, like we said before, the shoulder in general is an issue for a lot of people during your bench. And that's why a lot of people get injuries with that, whether it is a stability issue, whether it's a, a movement issue, but if or if it's a tension, like we were talking about with grip, if you can do a bottoms-up press or a carry, you create so much internal tension and then stability in that shoulder right. i think that's a huge way to help your bench out right and even to because like i mean we just got pretty creative um going down that route uh and and again to like make things you know a lot more practical um I, we talked a little bit about uh negatives um i'm a big fan of that as well whether you're doing a barbell bench press dumbbell bench press um push-ups so like and you want to think about the eccentric phase so when you're coming down um, you know, with that, with that load to go like three to five seconds. Right. So I'm a big fan of tempo work as well. Yeah. Um, so again, you're going to, I mean, you're going to re recruit a shit ton of, of, of muscle fiber that way. Um, also stability. So like you get such a big bang for your buck and to go lighter weight again, dropping the ego and then just controlling throughout that entire range of motion mm -hmm. again. And like, even, even when you do it right, like you'll see people collapse in the last, uh, you know, inch, two inches. So to get them to control it all the way through. Right. And like, yeah. you can even use your hands to kind of guide somebody down. Right. And, and just work on that tempo instead of and like even getting them to realize like, Hey, see that last inch to two inches that you just kind right. of collapsed. I want you to control it all the way down, pause. And then well, and that's why like, up. like pause reps are so powerful too. Yeah. So somebody I was working with the other day, his like main goal is to get his bench up and he's been struggling. So like one thing we did because of the same thing, he was losing tension. I, I had him use a weight that I knew he wouldn't be able to get three full reps in at this slow of a negative, but I was like, I'll help you on the way up. So I had him do like a five second negative and then a pause and I'm kind of holding it at the bottom and he's just crushing the shit out of that bar and creating as much tension as possible. And then I literally just deadlifted off, like pull it up and it wasn't a ton of weight. But for him, I knew he wasn't going to press it up, but I wanted him to get comfortable with creating that tension on the negative. One, he wants a bigger chest. We know negatives are a great way to build that. But, and this is actually what, like, you remember the book, um, The Muscle and Strength Pyramids that I sent you from Eric Helms. Yeah, so, yeah. so, like, golden books for anybody who wants to learn. But the one issue I had with the training pyramid was tempo was, was at the very, very top. And the reason I like, I understand because it's from a science perspective and technically frequency and volume and intensity are more important for muscle mass. But I think what a lot of people, they start cranking up their volume intensity, but they don't know how to use the fucking muscle to do the movement. Right. right? right. So tempo one can create that stretch reflex, which will build muscle, but two, it teaches you how to do this shit properly. So mm -hmm. you're actually building the right muscle. So I love tempo work. And I think that's a huge way to, to help out your bench. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's, Again, there's so many different ways and, and, and we could elaborate on this for days. And, um, you know, because we just did a, a deadlift episode um, and we talked about block pulls. And uh, if you if you see my post on, on Instagram about that, um, again, there's so many different ways to bench press um, and kind of like 
the version of the block pull for the bench press would probably be the the pin press. Yeah. Um. And, and what Great the, again, help. again, what that allows you to do is because again, when we think about somebody who is going for one rep, three rep, or five rep max, um, you know, it's it's that last or like you know to get it above that that last like two to three inches, right? So after they come down, and then they come back up, you'll find them that they'll find that sticking point, right? right? And it's very hard to get past that point. So what the pin press does, right, is you, you're starting from that position and you're able to move that that load or the stronger that you're um, that you are in that position, right? The more weight that you're able to press from yeah. a dead stop, that's just training you to power through that that sticking point. So I think that you know, again, that's more for the experienced um, lifter. Um, but I think that that's something important that, that you should incorporate. And again, you can just like YouTube. I know that there's a ton of power lifters who probably have, uh, videos on YouTube yeah. with that. Pin press, um, lockouts, exactly. like, and you can do that with overhead pressing yep. too. Um, I definitely, definitely like that. And that's kind of like the whole point of this, uh, triceps to death yep. too, right? Like, I think that's a really good cue. You know, what's funny. I was just sucks. thinking about though too, is we didn't mention flies. And I think that's like probably where people's head goes to like, Oh, I want to build my chest. I need to do more flies. And right. it's like, I think flies are important for a bodybuilder strictly for the muscle. Right. Um, and then maybe towards the end of training for, for a functional perspective, because it does allow you the stretch phase and it allows you to like become aware of what that feeling is and getting your shoulders back because you have to really retract your shoulders back to get in a proper fly. But I don't think it's that important. And I think a lot of people like just pull their, pec tendon and their bicep tendon way too much um, when they don't need to so that's not in my top if somebody really wants to build up their bench or they have troubles activating their chest i will do really really light flies um, pre-fatigue or i'll do some sets at the end Um, and it's more about like slow negative you can easily press up but i want you to pause for three seconds at the top squeezing the shit out of your muscles right and like keep it at that like don't go crazy with them like i hate heavy flies more than anything i think they're retarded um, do you have any uh, bench fails before we get off this? <laughs> I got a story, not me personally, okay. um, but uh, Justin, uh, Justin Jenkins. Yeah, Bro, like I was gonna say, the only story I had was him. It was like <laughs> it was like it was like once a week this guy like yeah. failed at the bench, but like I mean, super strong dude. But like I came out of the office and it was only beca- and I had the door closed. And it was only because, and I was watching something, there was volume on, and I heard him, like, call my name, yeah. like, very faintly, right? Yeah. And I'm like, but he said it a few times, because I didn't really hear it clearly. So, I open, or I, like, look out, and he's got, the, he's got like, 295 just, just stuck right here on, yeah. his, on his chest, and he's just, like, calling for it. There's nobody else <laughs> in the gym. So, I open the door, and I'm like, do you need help, bro? <laughs> Bro, He's like, yeah. The crazy <laughs> thing is, is my story is word for word the same. Yeah. I was, I was Dude, in the he, office He literally did it yeah. like once a week. But like, I mean, kudos to him for not giving a fuck. He's like, I'm going to bench this yeah. regardless. But Strong take the clips guy. off. And like, actually, you know what I do? I, the only other time like I've had one was when I first started training. I was training at Vision Quest. It was way. And I just put too much on the bar. Like, I didn't know any better. This is years ago. And it got stuck in my chest. But. I wasn't going to, I was too embarrassed to call anybody. So I didn't have clips. So I had to do the old like lean and just let one slide. And as soon as that one falls off, the bar like flings this way. <laughs> and then that one. Falls. So then by the time you get up, everybody's just like, what the fuck yeah. is this guy doing? And you're all embarrassed. I was like this little chubby kid, like 19. I'm like, fuck, man, I don't need, actually I wasn't even 19. I was probably like 17. I was back in the day. That's funny. 
Yeah, that was bad, man. Justin, if you're listening to this, I miss you. I love you. Miss you, brother. Yeah. I hope you're out there not feeling as Grinding. much. Grinding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. I think that's going to wrap it up. I, well, let's actually let's do a quick recap of, of what we talked about. Again, right. just uh, if you have, if you're taking notes or whatever. So uh, first and foremost, mobility. Yep. Movement. Like master the skill of the deadlift, like figure out what's going on, where your movement pattern is, is lacking and improve that. I would say first and foremost, um, activation of the right muscles. So not only your chest, but like getting your upper back to fire, I think is huge and, and your lats, because some people, if they have weak lats, they won't be able to do so well. Um, that's actually what I liked about the slingshot a lot because it forces you to get your shit engaged. Right. right. Um, and it obviously helps you lift more weight. Um, so that was two accessory work, accessory work. That's so always going to be overhead presses, tricep tricep extensions or press downs, whatever you want to do. Yep. Um, Unilateral work. Correct. Um, and then what was last? Tempo. Tempo, uh, right, right, eccentrics. right. So slowing things down, which again kind of relates to number one. Slow it down so you can match the movement, yeah. right? Because like the bench press is a skill um, more than anything. So that's I think that's going to do it. Cool. Boom. This podcast is sponsored by Vigor Ground Fitness and Performance. Whether you live in the Seattle area or not, click the link below and find an opportunity to transform your body in 12 weeks or less where you get more structure, more access, more accountability, and a follow-along program that can give you the results to take you from point A to point B. Once again, click the link below to discover how you can do that.